Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Dr. Paul Little, who's a medical doctor and he's a professor of primary care research at the University of Southampton in Southampton, England. And Dr. Little was, I guess the term is lead investigator uh, in, a, in a major back pain study conducted in the UK. The results were released in the late summer of 1998. Uh, I believe I have that right. Uh, Dr. Little, welcome to the show. Uh, yeah, great to, great to be online. And I wonder if, if we could begin with just explaining a little bit about what the purposes of the study were and, and a, a brief summary of the results of the study. Yeah, well, I guess um, we could go into my personal reasons for being interested in Alexander sure. Technique in, in a bit. But um, uh, I guess in, in terms of the, the academic background, uh, just like in the U.S. and the U.K., uh, chronic and recurrent back pain is uh, one of the, the major issues for our society. Um, in the U.K., certainly, and I guess it's the same in the U.K., it's one of the, the biggest causes of sickness disability. Mm -hmm. So a huge problem, and it's a huge problem for the health services. So I, I'm a, a general practitioner, a physician. Um, I would guess most surgeries I, I see, we call uh, surgeries clinics, uh -huh. or clinic surgeries, right. uh, we would see somebody with, with back pain, acute or, or, um, or, or chronic or, or chronic recurrence. So a huge problem for health services and society. Um, we do know there are some helpful things. So uh, physical uh, therapy, I think, can be helpful. Um, there's uh, some evidence that massage may be helpful uh, and possibly yoga, but, but not a huge amount of evidence in any of these areas. Um, also, manipulation is probably the most evidence for manipulation, but the, the absolute effect for people with back pain seems to be uh, moderate, I think, probably for manipulation, it's fair to say. So obviously, uh, we're on the lookout for techniques that might actually provide significant help uh, for our patients. And uh, there was uh, a short-term trial done with Alexander Technique showing some benefit, but uh, no uh, evidence of long-term benefit at the stage we were thinking about this. Um, and the Medical Research Council in the UK uh, agreed to fund this study. And... Uh, what we were looking for is people uh, managed in, in general practice who'd seen their, their general practitioners uh, during the last few years with back pain and still had significant back pain. Uh, uh, we specified a certain level of disability and also they had to have it for at least three weeks so it wasn't sort of trivial recurrence. Mm -hmm. So these were people with chronic and recurrent back pain. And what we did uh, was we, uh, we randomized people. So it was a randomized control trial. Uh, people had uh, the four basic groups were normal care. And by that, we meant that people could ha have access to their general practitioner. And the general practitioner could refer to physiotherapists or whoever they wanted to or provide analgesia. They could provide the normal care that they would normally do for, for that group of patients. The next group was a group who were offered six sessions of massage. And the idea here was to have, well, a, a group that actually we thought would help people, at least in the short term, would have the same sort of hands-on element as Alexander Technique, um, but wouldn't have the educational element. Alexander Technique is basically um, an educational technique for people to learn and provides, if you like, lifelong, lifelong help in body use. In contrast, massage obviously is, is a 
is designed, if you like, to be a, a shorter-term help for people with back pain. So that's the rationale for the massage group, six sessions of massage. We then had six sessions, uh, six lessons of Alexander Technique. That was designed to be a short introductory course of lessons, and people were then free to pursue further lessons if they wanted to, but they were only paid to have six. And then uh, a good course of Alexander Technique was the fourth group, 24 lessons, <coughs> Um, and again, all of those were, were paid for by the study. So you've got your four basic groups there. And then we also wanted to see whether there was an additive effect of exercise. And what we did was we asked GPs to provide an exercise prescription. So they, the basic idea was that uh, rather like a drug prescription, but they would give a patient a, a prescription that said, um, I would like you to take 30 minutes of walking exercise every day. And I'd like you to stick this prescription on your fridge, have it in a prominent place. And then as well as that exercise prescription consultation with the general practitioner, uh, they were asked to come back for a behavioural consultation with the practice nurse. There are nurses in, in the UK attached to, to well, nearly all practices now, and uh, they can often uh, be very useful in, in behavioural interventions. So that, those, those are the ba that's the basic study design, if you like. So there were four basic groups, and half of each of those groups were randomised to have this exercise in addition. So if you like, eight groups in all. And then we followed people up at three months and a year and measured pain and function and quality of life. And what we found was that actually uh, 24 lessons in the, in the technique was really pretty effective. So you had a, uh, between a 40 and a 50 percent improvement in functioning um, and you had about an 86 percent reduction in days in pain compared with the control group. So the control in the control group, there were sort of 21 days of pain over the previous month reported, whereas in the, the group that had 24 lessons, they reported three days in pain in the previous month. Um, so really quite nice results. In terms of the, the other groups, um, as we hypothesized, really, uh, massage had a short-term effect at three months, but by one year that effect had worn off because we weren't providing basically any education for life, whereas Alexander Technique does. And in in the in the six lessons, there was around a twenty percent improvement in in functioning, uh, and a, getting on for a fifty percent improvement in days in pain. So again, quite nice results. What we found with the addition of the exercise um, was that 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 the exercise prescription didn't add terribly much for the to the twenty four lesson group, which is what you might expect, I guess, because it's a it's a relatively exercise intervention was relatively brief. But the combination of the exercise prescription and six lessons in Alexander technique work was additive. And you got about sort of seventy odd percent of the effect of twenty four lessons if you had the six lessons and the exercise prescription. And so for the, the UK Health Service, probably the, the best bet, if you like, <clears throat> um, because obviously you want to get the, uh, the most value for your, for your money input into, uh, in, into health interventions, would probably be the six lessons with uh, exercise prescription. And indeed, um, in the UK, there's an organisation called NICE, the National Institute for Clinical Excellence, which gives advice that um, interventions that fall below uh, the £30,000 per quality adjusted life year um, threshold, it's a threshold for, for, if you like, money compared with the improvement in quality of life. Uh, those interventions should be considered at least by the health service or could be considered by the health service. And what we found was, although obviously 24 lessons was under that threshold and could be considered um, under £20,000 per quality adjusted life year, um, 
in fact the six lessons um, <clears throat> with exercise was much nearer the £5,000 per year mark and so really very very good value for money um, so we've shown that both the technique is effective uh, it's likely to be cost effective and probably the best bet for mm -hmm. health services would be a, a shorter course of lessons in combination with an exercise prescription. Mm -hmm. So that those are the main results of the, the trial, and um, there's been some um, a couple of follow-up papers related to that. Um, one was an in-depth uh, uh, qualitative um, uh, uh, methodology, and what I mean by that is that it's basically a talking in depth to people to try and understand their experiences both obviously of the trial and of the technique and their perceptions um, of the technique and what we we found there was um, although people actually reported quite a few obstacles to exercising they didn't report as many barriers to learning the technique um, partly because it made more sense to them um, but also in particular because it be it could be practiced you know during everyday activities or relaxing and uh, the teachers provided personalised advice and support which uh, the patients liked. So um, a combination, if you like, of, of uh, the quantitative findings from the trial and some nice qualitative findings suggesting actually this is uh, rather a useful thing for uh, doctors to be able to advise their patients to do. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's probably worth mentioning that this, this does represent the first really large-scale study of any kind done about the Alexander Technique. That's true. That, uh, up until to my now, knowledge, anyway. Uh, yeah, I, there have been, I, I'm guessing, a half a dozen to maybe eight or nine uh, medical studies out there, but they tend to have all involved small groups. And and yours, your study, um, I, I guess, it, it meets the sort of a academic journal publication standards for a, a, a medical study would that be correct yeah that, that's right um yeah, there was an interesting process getting it pub published but i, I probably shouldn't go into that uh, <laughs> in the public domain but um yes we we got it published in the british medical journal which is um probably the the target journal for for my my kind of research um they publish pragmatic health services research that's that's useful to patients they have a a clinical and a clinical academic readership mm -hmm. so it's one of the key journals actually uh well it's, it's one of the key journals in the world but it's probably the, the key ju target journal for for my research in the uk so we were delighted that both the uh, the main analysis and the economic analysis uh, both got into the british medical journal and, and we should add that apparently the British Medical Journal, whenever they publish an article, produces a, a video to go with it. And they produced a very nice 12-minute video about the study, and it, it makes for an excellent introduction to the Alexander Technique. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, that, it was a bit of a first for them. I think we might have been the one of the f the f very first to do, to do that that kind of video on the website so and i think they were really pleased with the video and as you say it was a a very useful example um um particularly useful because i think actually something like the alexander technique does need a bit of explanation mm -hmm. um i think most people a haven't heard of it and and b would find the concepts difficult to understand unless they had them clearly and logically explained by by a good 
good teacher, which yes. indeed I think that the uh, BMJ video achieved. Absolutely. How did you get involved in this study? And uh, have, have you had Alexander technique lessons yourself? What, what is your connection with the technique? Yeah, no, this is, this is an interesting story. My, um, my wife, Alison, um, lovely lady, in her, her 30s, I think, or might have been late 20s, 30s, I think, um, had chronic pain, really. She was crying herself to sleep every night, and the sort of standard things hadn't, hadn't really helped her. And um, I reasoned there must be something about the way this young lady was, was using herself that was causing problems. You know, she, she was too young to be, to be having this kind of pain, um, so there was clearly a, a problem about the way she was using her body. Um, that then was sort of mixed with the fact that actually um, in my youth, well, still I am, uh, uh, I was a very keen amateur musician. I was, I was going to be a musician probably in my uh, mid-teens and then finally uh, realized that actually it's, it's, uh, it's a difficult profession, even more difficult than medicine, I think. So uh, mm -hmm. gave that up, but have kept the interest going. And uh, that's in fact how I met my wife. We're both uh, keen amateur musicians. And... Um, I don't know what the case is in, in the United States, but in, in the United Kingdom, um, there are Alexander teachers in, in uh, the, the acting schools, the music schools, and so forth. So I, I knew about the technique. I knew it was a, a technique that, that was actually very useful in improving functioning. And I reasoned that if it was uh, useful in that context, it would probably be useful for, for uh, patients with back pain as well. And so I nagged my wife a little bit to have some lessons um, uh, uh, and I can be quite a nag sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, so she actually eventually did have some lessons, and actually it it helped her quite considerably. And she ended up training as a, a teacher, and is now a teacher, and regularly sees patients with back pain. And uh, she's got some fantastic stories about uh, the extent to which she's helped people. Um, so it's a uh, quite a lot of uh, personal history there before I ever got round to looking at the uh, the academic background and, and developing the trial. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in view of the study the, and the results of the study, could you get, what would your advice be to, to listeners to our program today who are suffering back pain? Well, I think there are, there are a range of things that uh, they may have tried lots of the standard things, I guess. So, so they may well have seen a, a physical therapist, and I think that can be uh, very useful. Uh, particularly, obviously, if you've got sort of chronically uh, weak muscles, they can help strengthen muscles and help you mobilise and so forth. So, I think I wouldn't want to uh, uh, disparage physiotherapy at all. Um, there is some evidence, um, not terribly robust at the moment for the use of yoga but I think that looks promising um, at the moment there's uh, a large trial going on in the UK and we'll have more information but there's at least uh, some promising evidence there I think massage can be helpful um, there's less evidence about that I guess and I think manipulation can be helpful too um, but having said that I think uh, our trial it's, it's likely to provide pretty robust data here. This is a large trial with lots of teachers across lots of practices with a, a sort of uh, a pretty important and impaired group of patients. And having got the results we've got, I think one of the things I would recommend to patients is uh, I would consider having some lessons in the Alexander Technique. And I'd have as many as you can afford uh, until you find that actually you've got a significant improvement. And 
although we did trial 24 and we don't know what the 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 improvement is between six lessons and 24 lessons um i guess a lot of people do get significant improvement before you get to 24 lessons oh that's but, absolutely the case yeah yeah, uh, yeah. That's, that's right i mean we, we got improvement at six lessons right. obviously it wasn't it wasn't um of the magnitude of 24 lessons so i guess somewhere in that range between six and 24 is going to be what most people can afford and will help them and in terms of the cost um, just in the UK, 24 lessons would cost you about, I don't know, um, £700. I'm not quite sure what that is in dollars these days, about $1,000. About $1,000, I believe, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for the price of a, a holiday, I guess, uh, you can get lifelong help with your back pain. So I think that's a pretty good deal if I was going to invest money as a, a back pain sufferer. Um, it would be nice if the, the health services around the world uh, took up Alexander Technique, but uh, being realistic, the, I guess... Um, they may not do that just yet. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, you know, another group that I think we should address are primary care physicians, and I'm thinking particularly of doctors outside of the U.K. It, generally, I would say in the U.K., the Alexander Technique is probably better known than almost anywhere else. But for, for doctors in, in America or in other countries where technique is not as well known, what could you tell them that would be useful to them when someone comes into their comes to their office with with back pain issues? Well, I hope they would they would know about the, the sort of range of things that are likely to be affected that we've just talked about. Mm -hmm. um, but specifically regarding Alexander Technique, I mean, obviously, I'd hope they'd they'd be aware of the research that's been done on this, uh, that it is something useful for their their patients. They then have the practical problem, you know, how do I find a, a local teacher? Um, and I, I guess I, I'm not sure about the mechanics in the United States. In in the United Kingdom, um, the best thing for a, a patient to do is to uh, uh, get onto the Society for Teachers of Alexander Technique website, mm -hmm. uh, and there are a list of, of teachers that are registered with STAT. Um, and I think... As I believe that there are sister organizations in the United States. Yes, there, so. there are a couple of professional, professional societies in the States that publish uh, teachers' lists. And also um, uh, the website uh, alexandertechnique.com has a, a whole section on how to find a teacher anywhere in the world, and including links to all of the relevant professional societies. So if you want to find a teacher, it's, it's actually not that hard to do. Okay, you, so you, you do want to find a qualified teacher for sure, and that, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, yes, you you want a a, a, a teacher who's who's undergone a recognised a good course. Mm -hmm. um, and the the other bit of advice I would give to professionals, because and this is from sort of personal experience in my family, you know, like everything, you know, there there is going to be variability among teachers. There's variability among doctors, um, so you'd expect that. Uh, but two simple things that they could tell their patients are, um, you know, find a teacher who's undergone a recognized course of training, and you'll be able to do that, obviously, through these these websites. And secondly, if you go to a teacher, um, you will know that they're a good teacher uh, if they can both use their hands well, show you what you're doing and doing wrong, and how you might be correcting that, and also be good at explaining what you need to do. In other words, ex explaining about inhibition and direction. 
and you can you get teachers that are good at one or the other and hopefully most good teachers are, are good at both but you need to be good at both to be an effective teacher I think so good with the hands and good at explaining is a bit of common sense advice that I think doctors should probably tell their patients and I think another another thing that might be useful to to tell a, a patient is that after oh perhaps two or three lessons they 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 would have a pretty good idea if this was helping them I think that's right. Um, sometimes it will take longer than that, having said that, but I think a good teacher will um, will help people fairly rapidly. They won't do a, you know, they won't have sorted the problem in two or three lessons, but as you say, often within a few lessons, certainly within sort of five lessons, you're, you're going to have a pretty good idea whether the technique is going to be uh, starting to help you or not. And I think probably we should add that the, that the technique you know as as you said before it's an educational process and what a teacher helps you to do is learn to start helping yourself so yeah. most people who take alexander lessons will take a, a series perhaps 6 or perhaps 24 or something in the middle and they may occasionally go back for refresher lessons but usually they're pretty much on their own and they they don't need any more lessons at that point because they have learned how to in a sense sense direct themselves so. yeah absolutely so um the 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 shame about about this for all of those uh, alexander uh, teachers out there is that they're trying to do themselves out of a job <laughs> yeah well but i guess there are enough people around with back pain that that's not yeah, likely yeah <laughs> Well, um, Dr. Little, is there anything else that you would like to add that we haven't touched on? No, I, I think um, the, the issue, uh, I'll mention it briefly, the, the issue about actually trying to get published was, is quite instructive and some of the comments from the uh, some of the more <laughs> rabid members of the medical profession on the website of the BMJ are well worth reading actually. And I think there is an issue here. I, I think in a sense we've sh we've shown it works clearly we need to to have more of that that data um but we also i think need to to understand better how it's working and and uh and so i think studies of both uh, effectiveness and also mechanism are going to be important in bringing the medical profession round uh to this technique which i think offers patients a huge uh, huge amount are are as far as you know are there any other studies in the works well, we're planning a few, but uh, haven't got any more money yet. But um, we're hoping over the next couple of years to to generate funds to to get the next phase of research rolling. Oh, excellent! Well, uh, Dr. Whittle, thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, th this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest has been Dr. Paul Whittle, who's a, a medical doctor and professor of primary care research at Southampton University in Great Britain and the lead investigator of a major um, uh, study of the effectiveness of the Alexander Technique and other modalities in helping people with back pain. Dr. Whittle, thank you for being on the show today. You're most welcome. <laughs>